You're listening to the Garden City Church Podcast. We just want to say thanks so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy what you hear today, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. If you want to support what Garden City is doing, you can go to GardenCityNW.com slash give or click on give in the show notes. Let's dive into this week's message together. How do we learn to love beyond the barriers? I've been thinking about this with, you know, in our own culture and within our own cities and even in, in the past few years. Where have we seen people building bridges beyond the barriers? It's just so important. I think Jesus has some incredible lessons that are historic, but I just think they're uh, transcultural. I just think they've, they've impacted people throughout the globe, and there's a lot we can learn from it. So I'd like to talk about three barriers that we often face in our culture, in our lives, and then three bridges that Jesus teaches us to construct, three bridges of love. So let's jump into uh, Luke chapter 7. When he, Jesus, had concluded saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. He's doing ministry, and he enters this town, Capernaum. A centurion's servant, who was highly valued by him, was sick and about to die. Now, just for context, a centurion was a Roman military leader. Uh, He would have been seen by the Jewish community that Jesus lived with as, as someone working on behalf of the occupying, occupying Roman government. So would not have typically been seen with a lot of love in their heart. And verse three, it says, now when the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent some Jewish elders to him, requesting him to come and save the life of his, of his servant. This is, this is like an odd situation. This is surprising. This isn't normal. Uh, one, a centurion would not usually be like connected and in friendship with uh, religious Jewish leaders. That's interesting. And then why does he care so much about this underling, this servant in a, in a world, in the Roman world that's so f- filled with uh, kind of a idea that might is right and uh, just kind of this, this sense of power that those in power keep it and everybody else is kind of worthless. This is really interesting. What's going on here? Now, when the religious leaders reached Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly saying, he, the centurion, is worthy for you to grant this request because he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. So we're starting to see a little bit more of the story come to light that the centurion has won over favor and friendship with um, the Jewish synagogue and the community. Uh, some scholars think that maybe he was in the process of converting or maybe he had converted. The very least, he had become a friend. He was a bridge builder, a peacemaker of sorts. And in this moment, we see this ethnic barrier um, that's often in our world around us and in, you know, around the globe. And ethnic barriers, in this case, um, are the Jewish elders advocating on the behalf of this, of this centurion. It, it's so bizarre. Like, this is not normal. There's a barrier there for, in this culture, most people. But despite this barrier, Jesus isn't offended by it. He begins constructing a bridge of love beyond the barrier. So he doesn't turn away the request. Let's look at what happens. Jesus went with them. So he responded and turned toward uh, the request and the home of the centurion. And when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent uh, friends to tell him, sent some more friends, uh, Lord, don't trouble yourself since I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. That is why I didn't even consider myself worthy to come to you. 
And we see another barrier pop up, and this is a religious barrier. The centurion, he knew that uh, that a religious leader for the Jews, uh, like a rabbi, a Jewish teacher, um, cannot enter the house of a Gentile or sit sit at a table with a Gentile and remain ceremonially uh, ceremonially clean or religiously pure. And despite this barrier, Jesus continues constructing a bridge of love. The centurion goes on with his message to Jesus, but I say, but just say the word, Jesus, and my servant will be healed. Wow. For I too am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under my command. I say to this one, go, and he goes, and I say to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. It's like, I understand chain of command. Like, when I command, things happen. When others command me who are above me, I, I, like, I make it happen. And Jesus, when you, when you say a word uh, to heal, someone's healed. When you, when you say something for change, something changes. What a strong uh, statement of faith. This is really fascinating. In verse 9, Jesus heard this and was amazed at him. And turning, not toward the centurion and his home and his people, turning toward the crowd following him with all their expectations of the barriers, you know, the, the religious, the ethnic barriers, all these things. Um, Jesus says, says to them, I tell you, I have not found so great a faith even in Israel amongst you, amongst his own culture. Jesus says, this man stands out. When those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant in good health. And in this moment where Jesus responds in this amazing way, it's, it's so surprising for his day and age and his culture because he, there's a cultural barrier and it's the barrier of the enemy. The centurion, again, is the natural enemy of Jesus. He's part of the occupying force and the Jewish people don't like the Romans, they're enemies. And the conflict between the Jews and the, the Roman occupiers would have made it really difficult to believe any Roman could be anything other than an enemy. Yet here we are, a Roman military man on the wrong side of the line, the wrong political line, the wrong ethnic line, the wrong religious line, the wrong cultural line, like just all these lines, right? And this outsider, an enemy to Jesus' people, is being lifted up as a better example or model of love than anybody else around him, a model of faith than anybody else around. Don't forget what started all this. An outsider sent a request to save the life of his servant. It all started with this moment of faith and compassion. The centurion cares for his servant. How unusual in a place that didn't care for underlings. And Jesus sees it, and he uses this as a way of teaching, a way of, uh, of example, to love an enemy. How powerful is that? The crowd and the Jewish culture following Jesus, and to us today, the centurion is a picture of love worth following, a, a, a picture of kindness, an example of love, worthy of the healing and response of Jesus, and I think worthy of our attention to learn from. And despite all the barriers that are facing Jesus, he constructs bridges of love. Now, Jesus loves beyond the barriers with three, I think, really powerful bridges that we can learn from today. And the first is this, Jesus loves his enemies beyond the barriers. Jesus said this about uh, 
how to treat our enemies. But I say to you who listen, love your enemies. Do what is good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. Wow. Now, Jesus' teachings on love and loving our enemy, it's been radical throughout history. And one of the most challenging but powerful arguments for the way of Jesus. It's, it's had ripple effects throughout cultures and uh, thousands of years of, of human history. Nobody taught and lived this way. It's just so unique. Followers of Christ aren't allowed to hate anybody, not even their enemies. So if you signed up for, for Christianity and then you're realizing you have to love your enemies, it might be a bummer moment, but hang on. It's got, there's good news here. We have to forgive, give, share, and care for people who aren't like us or who might even hate us. That means that people that maybe you've been hurt by or maybe that you've hurt have to forgive and love and care for you too. You can keep messing up, sinning, and the, 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 the family of Jesus has to keep taking you back into the family of Jesus. Maybe with a few boundaries and a process sometimes. You can't go on, but we can't go on hating each other and be Christ followers. Jesus teaches us it's okay to suffer for the sake of Christ, but it's not okay to make others suffer for Christ's sake or to kill others for Christ's sake. I mean, the things that happened in the Crusades and the Inquisition, if you look historically, those were in opposition to the teachings of Jesus, while people were claiming that they were in name for Jesus. Total opposition, totally antithetical to the actual way of Christ. Jesus practiced what he taught, loving and even dying for his enemies on a cross. And in this story, he recognizes this kind of enemy love in the outsider, in the centurion. And he used this example of love to help his people learn from. Now, the mark of a Christian isn't how strongly you can debate or disagree or despise an enemy, but how strongly you love them, how well you love those that you do disagree with. The Christian faith is self-correcting when we dare to form and reform around Jesus. When religion starts to uh, get away from Christ, it can correct itself because of Christ. Governments don't have this high of a standard of self-correction. Businesses don't. Most families don't. No other institution in the world has this self-corrective center. We are the people who love our enemies and learn from our enemies so that we can spread God's love. Bridge number two, Jesus um, teaches us to see models of love to learn beyond the barriers. This is a way of constructing powerful bridges. And I think historically, this concept of seeing the image of God, understanding the image of God, which is seeing um, the value, the, uh, the, the reflection of God's love in people, their value, their calling, their goodness. Concept of the image of God is, is I think, really central to some of this. Seeing the image of God in others helps us build a bridge so that we can love beyond the barriers. The image of God is an amazing Christian belief that undermines and subverts 
uh, ethnic and social barriers or ethnic and social sense of, of self-righteousness and smugness. It doesn't matter your ethnic status, your religious status, your social status as an enemy or any other barrier. All humans are made in the image of God and are worthy of love, honor, and respect. The Quakers say it like this, look for that of God in everyone. Jesus honors the image of God in the centurion, this outsider, uh, beyond the barriers of his day and age. This was unheard of, and it's desperately needed in our day still. Can you identify the, the love of Jesus and the image of God in people who don't yet follow Jesus? And more than just seeing the image of God in others, do we respect and honor them? Jesus, again, shares this model with this image bearer, the centurion. That's just so powerful. And loving people doesn't always mean, and loving people and seeing the image of God in them doesn't mean that there's not things that aren't broken and doesn't mean that you'll always agree. And sometimes you shouldn't agree, but we can still love beyond those barriers the way Jesus does. Bridge number three, Jesus helps people to be loved before they belong or believe. Um, Jesus shows us that he likes to align with people even before they've joined his community. This centurion may have converted to Judaism. We don't know, or he's in the process, or he somehow befriended the Jewish community. But he has some kind of faith, but he hasn't been a part of Jesus' community. He won't let Jesus sit at his table. He's still learning about him. But Jesus aligns with his love and his request to bless and to heal. How powerful is that? Jesus loves to align with the, the desires to love our, our very broken world. And in this story, Jesus aligns with a man who is outside all the typical cultural barriers to bless, love, and heal his servant. And he also affirmed the faith and love that this man had before he considered himself a part of the Jesus community or even worthy of being part of Jesus community. Do you help people see that they can bless and be loved before they belong or believe, because that is what God has created them for, to love people and to learn to love God. And it's as we're practicing love together, we're like, I think we're trying to help people um, live out this love, but connect to the source of love, which is what Jesus was doing all the time. I want to take a moment to just thank the centurions in our church. And what I mean by that is the outsiders, the, the skeptics, the deconstructors, people who might feel like they're on the outside looking in at faith. I want to thank you for your gifts of compassion, your gifts of good questions, your observations of the church communities and um, our, you know, our church community. I want to thank you for um, having the eyes to see even our blind spots because you help us grow with these gifts. Your doubts and your questions help our faith become stronger, more self-aware, and more compassionate. And your love models to us how we can love more like Jesus. I hope you know that you bless us when we can come together and align together around loving our community the way Jesus wants to love our community. Um, and the things that truly matter most to us and to him. I believe the life and teachings of Jesus are a window into a beautiful future world. I believe Jesus is a window that gives us a, a glimpse into who God really is, not a shabbier um, version we might or the world might make him out to be, 
But Jesus himself is a picture of what the Father God is really like. Whether you're in the believing community or not, keep asking, keep seeking, keep loving. This is a beautiful journey together. Guys, I love you so much. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments about today's message or would like to contact Garden City Church, reach out at info at gardencitynw.com or click contact in our show notes. Garden City services are made possible by your generosity. Your generosity is love in action. Have a great week and we'll see you next time.